section twenty five of the united states this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox org the world's story volume thirteen the united states edited by eva march tappan section twenty five the trials of the british minister in jefferson's administration eighteen o three to eighteen o nine by james parton the system of precedence was abolished this was settled at a cabinet meeting early in the first term when the whole barbarous code of precedence was swept away these rules were substituted one residence to pay the first visit to strangers and among strangers whether native or foreign first comers call first upon later comers to this rule there was allowed one exception foreign ministers from the necessity of making themselves known pay the first visit to the secretary of state which is returned two when brought together in society all are perfectly equal whether foreign or domestic titled or untitled in or out of office the president amplified these rules thus the families of foreign ministers arriving at the seat of government receive the first visit from those of the national ministers as from all other residents members of the legislature and of the judiciary independent of their offices have a right as strangers to receive the first visit no title being admitted here those of foreigners give no precedence difference of grade among the diplomatic members gives no precedence at public ceremonies to which the government invites the presence of foreign ministers and their families a convenient seat or station will be provided for them with any other strangers invited and the families of the national ministers each taking place as they arrive and without any precedence to maintain the principle of equality or of pell-mell and prevent the growth of precedence out of courtesy the members of the executive will practice at their own houses and recommend an adherence to the ancient usages of the country of gentlemen in mass giving precedence to the ladies in mass in passing from one apartment where they are assembled into another all this with the friendly humane usages that grew out of it or were akin to it agreeable as it was to most persons shocked some ladies and offended all men who owed their importance solely to rank or office mr jackson english minister in eighteen o nine being a gentleman of sense and good humour was amused and pleased during his first conference with president madison which proved to be very long when a negro servant brought in some glasses of punch and a seed-cake just as might have been done in a farmhouse of the day but his wife lamented that her husband after having been accustomed to treat with the civilized governments of europe 
should have to negotiate with the savage democrats of america it so chanced that the british minister from eighteen o three to eighteen o nine with whom jefferson had most to do mary by name but not by nature was a fanatic of etiquette and it appears that previous to his presentation to the president he had not heard of the business-like manner in which the affairs of the white house were conducted he was stunned at the manner of his reception it made an impression upon his mind which neither explanation nor the lapse of years could even soften much less obliterate and really when we consider that he had passed his life at courts where the nod the smile the frown the glance the tone the silence the presence the absence of the head of the government were matters of importance to be noted recorded transmitted and weighed we ought not to laugh at this mr mary as we do besides as mr jefferson remarks poor mary had learned nothing of diplomacy but its suspicions without head enough to distinguish when they were misplaced nevertheless he comes down to us borne on a pillow of laughter and he remains to this day one of the stock jests of washington thus he recounted his woes three years after the event to mr josiah quincy of massachusetts the ablest federalist in congress and one of the worthiest i called on mr madison who accompanied me officially to introduce me to the president we went together to the mansion house i being in full official costume as the etiquette of my place required on such a formal introduction of a minister from great britain to the president of the united states on arriving at the hall of audience we found it empty at which mr madison seemed surprised and proceeded to an entry leading to the president's study i followed him supposing the introduction was to take place in the adjoining room at this moment mr jefferson entered the entry at the other end and all three of us were packed in this narrow space from which to make room i was obliged to back out in this awkward position my introduction to the president was made by mr madison mr jefferson's appearance soon explained to me that the general circumstances of my reception had not been accidental but studied i in my official costume found myself at the hour of reception he had himself appointed introduced to a man as president of the united states not merely in an undress but actually standing in slippers down at the heels and both pantaloons coat and underclothes indicative of utter slovenliness and indifference to appearances and in a state of negligence actually studied i could not doubt that the whole scene was prepared and intended as an insult not to me personally but to the sovereign i represented it is just possible that mr jefferson thought that morning of the time when governor morris kicked his heels four months in london waiting for the promised answer of the british government to as reasonable and urgent a communication from president washington as one government ever made to another and then had to leave england without getting it possibly also it did happen to occur to his memory that mr adams had been kept vainly waiting three years in england for a reply to the same proposals perhaps too he remembered the period when he was himself presented to the king of england by mr adams and the king froze to them both an example which was followed by the king's friends and society generally so that it required courage for a courtier to show them anything more than cold civility at an evening party 
and this while they were only asking the king to stay the bloody ravages of the indians by giving up the seven posts within the boundaries of their country he may too have thought of the time when he as secretary of state would send an important communication to the british minister at philadelphia and wait many months for an answer but if he failed to answer a letter within three or four days he would be goaded by a second perhaps he thought the time had come to show the federalists that he did not accept great britain at her own valuation and did not believe she was fighting the battle of man and liberty against bonaparte it may be too that he knowing the childish politics of europe and what ridiculous importance was attached there to trifles may have paused before ringing for a pair of shoes not down at the heels and wondered if his old slippers duly reported to bonaparte might not drive another nail into the bargain for louisiana just concluded by mr livingston and mr monroe to the great joy of president and people all these thoughts may have flitted through the president's mind and held back his hand from the bell-rope but in all probability he had no thoughts of the kind and only wore the clothes he usually did while at work but poor mary's troubles were not yet at an end he and his wife dined one day at the white house and when dinner was announced the president offered his arm to the lady nearest him at the moment mrs madison not to mrs mary who was on the other side of the room insult upon insult poor mary made such an outcry at this in washington that mr madison deemed it best to explain the circumstances to monroe the american minister in london that he might be prepared to meet mary's version mr mary did relate his grievances to the english minister for foreign affairs who however forbore to mention it to monroe if he had monroe was ready for him for besides being fully alive to the humour of the affair he had seen a few weeks before in an official london drawing-room the wife of an under-secretary of state accorded precedence over his own mrs mary went no more to the white house and her husband went only when official duty compelled but nothing could tire the placable good nature of jefferson some time after desirous to restore social intercourse he caused mr mary to be informally asked whether he and his wife would accept an invitation to a family dinner at the president's house and receiving as he understood an affirmative intimation mr jefferson sent the invitation written with his own hand mary rose to his opportunity he wrote to the secretary of state asking whether the president of the united states had invited him as a private gentleman or as british plenipotentiary for if as a private gentleman he must obtain the king's permission before he could accept if in his official character he must have an assurance that he would be treated with the respect due to it madison with short civility waived the solution of this problem and the matter dropped but it was not till eighteen o nine that british interests in america were confided to abler hands some other points of public etiquette were now settled on rational principles once and forever the fussy incompetence recently in power had been concerned to know the relation which the president sustained to the governors of states precisely how much more exalted a president was than a governor the exact degree of deference a governor would show a president and the forms in which deference should be expressed in july eighteen o one the governor of virginia asked the president to indicate the etiquette which he thought should regulate the communications between the state governments and the general government his reply in substance was let there be no special etiquette between president and governor each being the supreme head of an independent government no difference of rank can be admitted they are equals let us continue then as in general washington's time to write freely just as public business requires and with no more ceremony 
than obvious propriety and convenience dictate if it be possible he said to be certainly conscious of anything i am conscious of feeling no difference between writing to the highest and lowest being on earth End of section twenty five this recording is in the public domain